Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. Pray really quick and then we'll get right into it. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this privilege and honor to share your word, God. I pray that in this moment that the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart are pure and acceptable unto you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. God, I decrease so that you may increase. Let the ear of the listener today be open and the heart be open for reception of this word, this mighty word about your son, who is God with us, Emmanuel. God, I pray that this this message that I share today provides a fresh perspective and make it applicable to the people who are here today immediately. God, we thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, here we are in our third and final offering of this particular series that we're in, entitled Emmanuel, God with us. And I pray that these first couple weeks that you have been blessed by this message. I pray that these first couple weeks that you've been enlightened. I pray that these first couple weeks that you've begun to to see uh, 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 the purpose and the reason behind Jesus being born prophetically that we find in the book of Isaiah and even tying it into New Testament scripture to confirm what Isaiah had said long before it even happened. I I pray that even in this, this particular message that we've been sharing here, that that your perspective about what Christmas really means has, has changed a bit. Uh, I know many of us, we celebrate uh, because many of us have so many gifts under the tree. I won't lie. If you come to my house, there's boxes under the tree. Some of them are empty. Some of them are filled. It's just for decoration sometimes, right? But if you come to my house, there, there, there are gifts under the tree. And I'm sure at your house, there may be gifts under the tree. But what's more important is not what's under the tree, but it's about the man who hung on what was left, the remnant of a tree that we call a cross. And that's what I'm hoping that in this message you understand and see, that what we're talking about, what this season is celebrating. Do you realize, check this out, do you realize that if there was not a man named Jesus Christ who died for you and I, there would not be a such thing as a holiday called Christmas? Do you ever wonder what we would celebrate instead? Kwanzaa. And if we celebrated Kwanzaa, would we be fighting over big screen TVs? Probably not. And if we celebrated Kwanzaa, would all of America, black, white, Asian, Latino, and those from other parts of the world, would they celebrate with us? Probably not, because we don't celebrate Hanukkah. Right? Without Christ, there is no Christmas, but we don't speak enough about Christ. There would be no Christmas. It wouldn't exist. There would be no, 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 no Black Friday sales without Christ. There would be no Cyber Monday sales without Christ. Because they have, watch this. 
They weren't, they haven't, they've never done Cyber Monday sales for Hanukkah or Kwanzaa, Ramadan, or any, only us. We, and here's the thing, we've sat silently as Christians and allowed it to happen. We've allowed people to say, watch this, Xmas. How dare you cross out my Christ? The crucified and risen Lord. I'm not judging you if you do that, all right? We've allowed them to say, to, to snatch Christmas and say, happy holidays. And you know, if y'all don't know why they've done it, let me help you today. You know why people say happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas? So that even the non-believer can celebrate something that was created for people who believed in Christ. In other words, as the atheist, I can still get gifts on a holiday y'all sell. Catch what I said. On a holiday y'all sell, because that's what we do. We sell Christmas, not celebrate it. They say happy holidays, so watch this. So, so the Muslim, the Jewish person, the Buddhist, those who don't believe in Christmas can celebrate it. Right now, uh, in your subdivision, uh, I guarantee if uh, your next-door neighbor is not a Christian, I guarantee they got Christmas tree up. They got wreaths up. They're not Christian, but they still celebrate it. Why? Because it's the cultural thing to do. But we don't do that for Ramadan. We don't do that for, 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 for Hanukkah. We only do that for Christmas. And we've sat silently and allowed culture to rob us of the dignity and the beauty of what this holiday is all about. But I want to help you today. I want to bring this back because I've gotten off on a tangent. It's not quite what I want to talk about. I want us to really talk about today. I want to focus on uh, 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 the title of God, which we talked about. And he shall be a wonderful counselor. He shall be a mighty God. He shall be the prince of peace. The world, the government will rest on his shoulders. And so what I want to focus on today in our short time together is the part about the peace. If you have your Bible, will you can, we're still in the book of Isaiah, Old Testament, and we're still building on this whole theme and uh, this, this understanding of Jesus, uh, the coming Christ, according to Scripture here, who, who was born. Uh, we're still focusing on him as Emmanuel, God with us. So if you will, I'm, I'm not going to read it all. I'm just going to give you kind of a little bit of a synopsis, if you will. Isaiah chapter 11, and I'm going to kind of summarize verses 1 through 12. So Isaiah chapter 11, and I'm going to summarize verses 1 through 12. We'll start at what, verse 1. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1. Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. Catch that. Out of David's lineage, a shoot, a sprout, a small thing will come out of this root. Right. And and the spirit, this is a good part. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. He will delight in obeying the Lord. He will not judge by appearance nor make a decision based on heresy. He will give justice to the poor and make fair decisions for the exploited. The earth will shake at the force of his word. Hold on now. What did, what did, what did that prophet just say right there? The earth will shake at the force of his word. He's on the cross. The remnants of a tree. 
He spoke his last word and the earth did what? Isaiah was a mighty prophet, y'all. And he's saying that the earth will shake at the force of his word. Not what he said, but the power behind what he said. And one breath from his mouth will destroy the wicked. One breath from his mouth will destroy the wicked. He will wear righteousness like a belt and truth like an undergarment. And in that day, the wolf and the lamb, here's the part that's really good. The wolf and the lamb will live together. The leopard will lie down with the baby goat. The calf and the yearling will be safe with the lion and the little child will lead them all. That little child is Jesus. He said enemies will come together. Enemies will have an understanding. Enemies will will be at one. Watch this. The prey and predator will lay together. And the prey will not worry about the be worried about the predator. They will live together. Why? Because they're led by a baby who was born. And his name is called Emmanuel. God with us. The baby will save, will place safely near the hole of a cobra. Y'all know what a cobra is, right? A serpent, a snake. We know about snakes, right? Uh, we know about snakes from Genesis chapter 1, right? <laughs> well, 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 the earlier chapters of Genesis, right? We know about snakes, and here it is. The baby will be placed safely near the hole of a cobra. Yes, a little child will, will put its hand in a nest of deadly snakes without harm. Nothing will hurt or destroy in, in all holy mountain for uh, as the waters fill the sea, so the earth will be filled with people who know the Lord. And in that day, the heir to David's throne will be a banner of salvation to just Jewish people, to the world, to the world in that day, this day, he will be a banner of salvation to all the world. I'm going to stop right there. Jehovah Nisi. That means banner. He is the banner we wave, the salvation to all the world, not to Israel. Catch what Isaiah was saying, not to just one particular group. Have I not been pointing this out to you for the past three weeks that Jesus came for all people? Have I not pointed out last week that, that when he went to Galilee, Galilee, the Bible even says the place where the Gentiles are, the place of the Gentiles and even there. And here it is once again. A couple chapters later, Isaiah says and reminds us once again that he's coming to the world. All of us, the believer and the non-believer. Because can I tell you something? Everybody in here was once a non-believer. And some of us, though we say we believe, at moments lack faith, which makes us a non-believer. Whenever we have moments where we lack faith, you become a non-believer. You do. But here's the good news. Here's the good news. Here's the good news. And I'm, not, I'm done with that. I'm not going to read any more of that. Here's the good news. Let's jump over to New Testament, John 1633. <laughs> I love it. John 1633. He says, I've told you all of this so that you may have. This is so good when he said this, because this is where we miss it. I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. 
Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Okay, y'all didn't get it, so meet me over in John 14, 27. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift. Here it is. The world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Okay, y'all still didn't get it. He says this. Uh, Paul says this for us to the church in Philippi, Philippians 4, 4, 4 through 7. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Thank, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as long as you live in Christ Jesus. Okay. Let's go back to Isaiah, verse 20, uh, chapter 26, 3. And I'm going to preach all of this in one minute here because it's going to make sense. He says, Isaiah, the prophet, who's been talking about this baby who will, who, will, uh, who will lead us, the one whose government rests on the shoulders, the one who we call the prince of peace. Right here it is. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all, though, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. I've said a lot about peace, didn't I? Did y'all catch the part about peace that I said? Did y'all miss the part where I said peace? Did y'all miss the part where he said, watch this, his peace? And this is where a lot of us get stuck. And this is what I talk about when we become, in any moment, when we have doubt, any moment we, watch this, when, our, when, we, don't, when we lack faith, we become unbelievers. And in that moment, guess what? We lose our peace. And you know why we lose our peace? Because we have our peace and we're not resting in his peace. And the only way we can rest in his peace is if we understand the totality of these scriptures that I just shared with you. Is that it all starts with what? Our mind and our hearts focused on him. I don't care what your job has said. What did he say? I don't care if that person has left you. What did he do? I don't care what the bank account says. I don't care what the, the, the statement says. What did he say? And the minute we lose peace, guess what? We've lost faith and we become non-believers because our mind was not focused on him. And it's so difficult. Can I be honest? For us, especially in this season, do y'all realize, here it is, since we're talking about peace, that the suicide rate in America increases during this month. Guess what? They've already had, in case y'all didn't know, they already had an emergency number for suicide a long time ago. Right? Now they got, you know, they had a suicide hotline. And then before they released this number, the 988 number, which is, a, which is, you know, we have a 911 for emergencies, a 988 number, I believe that's it, for suicide, they, they released that. When did they release it? In December. But it's always been there. It's been there, not always, but it's been there for a long time. They just released it in December. Why? Because in this month, people lose their peace. When we're celebrating the one who gives us peace. In this month. The only ones 
There would be no Christmas without Christ, who's the, whose government rests on, which the government rests on his shoulder. There would be no Christmas without Christ, the one who is the prince of peace. But in this moment, people lose their peace, lose their mind, and ultimately lose their lives because they can't celebrate the prince of peace because of gifts under a tree, not the gift that hung on the remnants of a tree. How y'all with me this morning? He will keep you. Here's the beauty. Catch what I said. He will keep you not in just peace. Perfect peace. What's so unique about that perfect? Why does what, the, why did the writer in, in writing this scripture, why did the writer say God will keep you not in just peace? He didn't say he's going to keep you in peace, peace. He's going to keep you in perfect peace, peace without flaws, peace without question, peace without error. That's what perfection is, something that was, is void of error, something that is vo- void of flaws, something that is void of anything negative. That is the perfect peace. And let me tell you what perfect peace is. Perfect peace is this. If you haven't paying attention, perfect peace is it's not, go- it's not the absence of trial. Perfect peace is not the absence of trials. Perfect peace is not the absence of stuff. Perfect peace is saying, I'm going through Hades right now, but guess what? I'm all right about it. <laughs> I'm going through some mess right now, but I'm in God's perfect peace. What? what? Perfect peace is your neighbor notices something, your house on fire, and you don't even notice. You're like, really? Oh, I ain't even know I'm in here praising God. Lord, call the fire department for me. Perfect peace is going through real hell on earth, and your neighbors notice that you're going on hell, and they're like, why the heck are you smiling? You just filed bankruptcy. They just gave you a pink slip, and didn't you tell me your mama dying? Why are you smiling? Because I am under the will of God and I am walking in perfect peace. You would be upset because you have your peace, but my peace, which is perfect, comes from God and God alone. So no matter what I'm going through, I'm walking in perfect peace. That's how you know you're walking in perfect peace when your neighbor look at you like, why are you still got it together? If I was you, I would have lost my mind by now. And that's why you got to tell your neighbor, because baby, you ain't walking in perfect peace. And the only reason you can walk in perfect peace is if your mind and heart are stayed on him. It's a beautiful thing when you find yourself in impossible situations. Because when you, when you find yourself in impossible situations, right, it, this situation is impossible. There's no way on God's green earth I'm going to get out of it. This situation is impossible. There's no way in the world this is going to turn in a good direction for me. This situation seems impossible. There's no way it's going to work out. And God says, if you look at me and I keep you in perfect peace, you'll stop looking at situations as impossible and see me and say, you know what? God, you're possible. God says, in impossible situations, I'm possible. But if if your mind and your heart ain't focused on me, you miss it. And I want us all in this season, this, it, it just blows my mind that in this month, the suicide rate increases, that in this month, they release a new hotline, which is not really new. If you've worked in the, if you've worked in the psychology field, they've always had a number to call, okay? Maybe it hasn't been three digits, but they always had a number to call, but then they released this 988 number now. So you ain't got to dial the whole 1-800 number now. And they released it in the month where it increases, now, now I'm, I'm, I'll be honest with you. There's something I didn't share with you. I didn't tell the whole story. 
It doesn't increase just because people don't have gifts under the tree. It doesn't increase because it's the end of the year. And at the end of the year, most people start doing a self-evaluation, right? It's the end of the year. Like, I just celebrated a birthday. And by the way, thank you all so much for all the cards and the well wishes. I love you all so much. Thank you. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. I just wanted to say that. But people begin to do a self-evaluation. Like, every time before my birthday comes, I get a little antsy. I get a little anxious. I start to feel bouts of anxiety. And here it is, because I look and I say, wow, there's another year gone, and I'm not where I want to be, right? And that's good. I think, we'll, I, think, I think that's God's design to always allow us to want more, desire more, to do more, right? But I start to look at, okay, if I'm getting older, guess who else is getting older? My kids, right? And if they're getting older, that means they're closer to getting out of the house. They're closer to going to college. And, oh, oh, man, college, that costs money. Okay, so that money, now let me look at my bank account. Oh, I, yeah, we had to cancel the 529 plan because we got to pay bills. So now you're like, okay, well, let me look at the grades and make sure they at least got the grades to get scholarships. And all of this starts adding up, and you start getting stressed in life, right? That's how, that's how it works for me. My wife always laughs. She's like, how does your brain work like that? How do you take, like, this one moment and turn it into a life event? I'm like, because at the end of the day, we got to pay for this stuff, baby. We've got to pay for these things, right? And, 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 and here it is. That's how life is for many people. This is why that suicide rate goes up, right, at the end of this year. It's not just because of Christmas. People are doing a self-evaluation, right? So I have my moment. I just share with you, I have my moment. But it's really only a moment because I begin to celebrate after that. I'm like, you know what? You know what, God? These ain't my kids. These your kids. Where you God, you provide. If you send them to Harvard, you're going to pay for Harvard, God. I know, I'm going to send you the bill. I'm going to address it to heaven. Glory to God. Somebody say amen. <laughs> you want them kids to go to Berkeley, I'm going to address the bill to heaven and put <laughs> CC Jesus Christ. <laughs> care of, C-O, care of Jesus Christ. You know, I mean, seriously, I, look at, I start to look at that and say, you know what? I'm not going to focus on what else I need to do. In terms of financial things, I'm going to focus on, you know what, now my, my mindset has changed. As I closely approach 50, I'm saying to myself, my mindset has changed. Now, I'm not focused on, 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 on money I need to save up. I'm like, man, God, I haven't say, shared the gospel with enough people now. And that's what we need to be focusing on, legacy stuff, right? That's what we need to be focusing on is, is legacy stuff. It's more like how many more people can I help? Last night I was at, at, my, at my brother Sam's house watching a football game, and I was talking with, um, I hope it's okay, Gerald's brother, who's an amazing guy, and just, I mean, extremely successful, extremely successful. And I'm not talking about just financially, just successful in what he's accomplished in life. Worked for Nassau. He's accumulated great, you know, great success there, um, uh, owned several properties. And last night we had... I love these kind of conversations where you get to a point in your life and you're saying, okay, I've done all of these things, but what's next? And so he's at this point in his life, he's like, yo, I've, I've you know, he told me, literally he opened the conversation sharing with me like, hey, I'm, I just sold two properties. And so this has been a good year for me. And I'm like, oh, wow. And then he shares with me just how good the year has been because he told me how, how much he made from these properties. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And this is the part that caught my attention. You don't impress me when we talk about money. You impress me when you talk about what you're doing with your money. And then he said this. He said, Ooh, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. And I asked him, could I share it? He said, the money he's making from this, he doesn't have any children. 
and he's a bachelor. The money he's making, <laughs> the money he's making from this, <laughs> you made that face. The money he's making from this, guess what he says he's going to do? He wants to start an endowment to pay for kids' college. I'm saying to myself, that's legacy. He could say, I'm going to take all of this money and give it to all my brothers, all my nieces, right, and my great-nephew. I'm going to take all this money, right, and guess what? Bury it. Or he could say, like the woman I saw before, I'm going to take all this money. I'm going to buy me a pet. That pet's going to become my best friend. And when I die, I'm going to leave all my money to my pet. Y'all never heard that story? Oh, it's amazing. Y'all got to read it and find it. But this man sat there next to me and said, I'm going to take my money here. And I'm giving it to some kids who I know can't afford school. Some kids, like most of us in this room, right? If I ask you how many, if, how many of you are familiar with the name Sally May, I think, a whole, I think every hand will probably go up. How, how many of y'all don't like Sally May? She like that one relative that you ain't happy to see. Come on, somebody. Glory to God. Right? And here's the thing. This guy is going to make sure that some kids never know who Sally Mae is. That's legacy. When you get to a point in your life, you start thinking about what's next. I've done all of this, but what's next? How, when I die, what will they say about me? And that's where I'm at in life. When I die, what will they say about me? Right? I, I, and, and my hope is that they say, you know what? <laughs> Man, I wasn't a believer, but this dude told me something. And I became a believer. Many of you don't know, and I'll share this story, and then I'm, I'm going I'm to wrap this whole thing up, and we're going to get back to this piece. Uh, many of you may or may not know that one of the jobs I do is I'm a sexual risk avoidance educator. Okay? Sexual risk avoidance educator. All right? It's another, it's not abstinence. Abstinence is part of our discussion, but it's more about making decisions about sex before you get jammed up. So one of the things I talk about when I talk to these young men, because I only speak to eighth grade boys and high school boys, uh, one of the things I said was to these, to these group, I always talk about, you know, how important it is, you know, that we, that we strive to be married. There's no, you know, right now people are saying, oh, you don't need marriage. And I'm like, yo, why are we, why are we speaking? Especially Christians are saying this now, right? So I, I just, you know, I talk about the importance of it. I talk about it. And I know not everybody will have that, but I share that. Make that a goal, right? We don't, you know, make it a goal. And so I said some good things about it. I shared my personal story about my wife and I and how, you know, even share with these young people how we waited before we were married, before we consummated our marriage, you know, and that's respectable. And so one of the young men, after spending three days with me, sent me a message in my, I don't have my phone, but don't worry about it. He sent me a message, direct message in my IG. He said, before I met you, I ain't believe in that whole marriage thing. You know why? He's never seen it. He's never seen it in his own life. He didn't know it was possible. All he's seen is, is, and this is his words, his mother dogging his daddy out about what daddy ain't doing. And when he's not giving money, this is what the boy says, eighth grade boy. When he doesn't bother don't give money, he can't see his daddy, but he wants to still see his daddy. The boy said this. He said, but after talking to you for three days, I've changed my mind about marriage. I can't wait to find somebody to spend the rest of my life with. That's just one young black male that was inspired by that story. He's one of millions. So when I look at my life now, I'm saying, how do I want to be remembered? I want to be remembered when this guy gets married 
saying, Mr. Santiago came to my class. He changed my whole mind about marriage. Mr. Santiago came to my class. He changed my whole mind about God. And that's what I want us to be thinking about. How will we be remembered? Will we be remembered uh, uh, by not? And that, by the way, that wasn't even part of my, my message. Right? I just, it was in my spirit to share that. And I'm going to do something toward the end here uh, to fix all of this. But listen, in this season where people are struggling, where people are dying, where people are losing their mind because they're coming to this point in their life, like it's the end of the year. Some of us, listen, some of us are going to go crazy right now because this is the end not only of a year, of a decade. And you're looking like, what did I do these past 10 years? Like, what, what, what can I show as an accomplishment these past 10 years? I mean, I'm looking. Guess what? Can I share something with you? In these past 10 years, I planted a church. <laughs> September 11, 2011, I, I stood up publicly as a full-time pastor for the first time. September 11, 2011, I preached my first sermon as a pastor of a church. 2021, I'll be celebrating my 10-year anniversary into full-time ministry. So what happened in these past 10 years? In these past 10 years, guess what? I'm living out my legacy. What are you doing? These past 10 years, what are you doing to live out? How will people remember you in these next 10 years? In these next 10 years, some of y'all watch this. If you're a parent, your kids will probably be out the house. They're going to be your representation wherever they go, whatever they do, whatever they say. Watch this. They make a bad decision. They're not going to say, oh, man, this kid is crazy by himself. They're going to say, man, what did his parents or her parents teach them? If your son acts out in a certain way, must not have had a dad at home. I'm already worried about one of them in that case already, Right. I'm being very serious when I say this, guys. How will we be remembered? And I'm way off of what I was talking about. I was talking about peace, but this is, Holy Ghost is messing with me on this right now. How will we be remembered, man? These next 10, how will you, sisters, be remembered in these next 10 years? What young ladies are you pouring into? Because I want to tell you something. They're picking out the guys at the ones that, you follow what I'm saying? That ain't, they're picking out guys that's not living up to the mark because they hadn't had good examples to look up to. And for men in here who have daughters, guess what? Your daughter is going to choose her guy. What we do determines on who she chooses. It got quiet in here. But that's a reality. And are we helping leave a legacy where our daughters have something to pick from. Yesterday, I don't have on my phone, we had our men's thing. And I'm going to wrap here. We'll come back to that later. I just got to go here. We had our men's prayer breakfast. And one of the gentlemen here, his name is Bishop Marvin, an amazing God, amazing guy. I say God, amazing guy. He says something that really resonated with me. He says, um... Those who teach the mind of the young man determine the path of the next generation. Those who train the mind of young men determine the path of the next generation. And so I, those, and so I was like, well, who's training our young men now? 
offset training, right? Entertainers, social media. Who's training our young men now? I'm being real. Can, can, we, can we be legit? Who's training our young men now? Right? If I was to ask a young man, and I'm not going to do that, like, who's your mentor? Who's your model? What, what example of true manhood do you look to? What will they say? What will they say? What example? What example do they have? Because I'm just going to, this is where I'm transitioning at right here to what I'm going to do next. This, listen, I'm sick and tired. I'm sick and tired and sick and tired of going into places and hearing sisters say, where are the young men? Where are the men? I did a training to get, to, 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 to get my certification in the teaching that I do. And probably out of 100 people, there were 10 men. And, and, and there were all women there. And they just kept, just like, I just want to say, every speaker that got up kept saying the same thing. I just want to say, it is so good to see these men here. It's so good to see these men here. It's so good to see these men here. They stopped and said, all the men stand up. We just want to applaud y'all for being here. I went to another place, one of the schools I teach in, probably one of the most difficult schools out of all the nine schools that I teach at. And it's a lot of young brothers there with melanin. And I've gone to this school for four years. This year was exceptionally difficult. And I'm wondering, why are these kids acting the way they're acting? Why are they just not showing respect? What is going on? Then it dawned on me, where is the male teacher that was here last year? They moved him. And now these young black boys, their only teacher is somebody that is not of their gender or their race. And only answer they have for their behavior is ISS. No conversation. No, hey, what's going on at home? And I asked, I said, why do you want to just send a boy to ISS? And you hear what they said? We don't have enough male mentors here. And so I said, every boy, I don't care what race, every boy that's in ISS, that's in the eighth grade, can you do me a favor? Let them stay out for these next three days. And I promise you, if their behavior doesn't change, man, double it. But I guarantee by the time I leave, by the time I have them finish the survey, there'll be some changed hearts and changed minds. Every single one of them boys, just check this out, this is a fact. Every single one of the boys who was in ISS that stayed, watch this, were the best behaved. Were the best behaved. And you know what it took? A man saying, brother, you matter. A man saying, I'm here not because they pay me money. It costs me money to be here. I'm here because you're brilliant. Yes. And you may not hear that from nobody else, but on this date, December 16th, December 17th, whatever date I was there, on this date, right now, 2019, Mr. Santiago is saying, young man, you are brilliant. They tell you you're my future, and if it's true, today I'm making a, a deposit into my future. And I'm hoping for a return on my investment. Come on. And that return is that you would teach another. You would lead another. But my brothers and even my sisters, there's only one of me. I had this same conversation with the men yesterday. This is a passionate thing for me right now. God has been beating me up about the lack of men's presence. And here's, here it is, and I shared this with my wife. I don't know, in my circle, I don't have, <laughs> I don't have any bad father figures. Can I say it that way? All the guys I hang with are amazing dads. 
all the guys that are in my circle are amazing men altogether. I just don't, you know, I know some guys that ain't stepping up and, and, and hitting the mark, but I don't personally hang out with him. You attract who you are. Every single guy in here I'm looking at that's a father is an amazing father, is an amazing example, successful, right? So I'm only surrounded by great guys. But here's the thing, and this is the challenge I put before the men on yesterday. These are great guys in their homes. We got to do something outside of it. We have to. I got four kids. <laughs> And I still make time to be a father to kids that ain't even mine. Because I want to change. I totally got off my subject. Y'all, please forgive me for this. But I got, I just, I'm moving with the spirit right now. We've got to make a change. These next 10 years, yo, we got to, we've got to fix this. We, we are the ones. Men. I'm just going to say it, and I know everybody on watching me on Facebook ain't black, but I'm going to say it anyway. Black men, we're doing good, but we got to, we're doing good at home, but we got to do better in our communities. Can I say it that way? <laughs> we're doing so good at home. We, we've killed that narrative. We're, we're breaking generational curses, but we've got to now do better for our communities. I love to see what Gerald's brother said to me yesterday. I'm giving so that these kids don't have to worry about that. I love to see the brother who paid for the tuition of all those Morehouse brothers. Man, I love it. I love to see that happening. Right? I love to see LeBron James starting school in his old neighborhood. He didn't go to the suburbs to start a school. He said, I'm going to the place where I was born at. I, I, I love to see that. But what can we do where we're at right now? What can we do at Mosaic Church? We got our own building. We have real estate, something we haven't had before. We got influence. Not too many schools in Cobb County, especially in South Cobb, you can't go to, and they don't know about Mosaic Church. We've done the work to get us where we are now. Let's monetize on it. Check this out. If we fix, watch this, if we look at, South, if we look at Cobb County as a whole, South Cobb ranks terrible. Matter of fact, that's how they look at us. Oh, that's, that's just down. That happens in South Cobb. We look at the grades, right? I hear, I hear parents in other parts of the county say that. When they look at the test scores, they say, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's in the southern part of Cobb County. That's in the southern part. That's in the, oh, that's in the southern part. Crime. Oh, that's in the southern part. Fatherlessness. That's in the southern part. Sexual activity. Oh, that's in the southern part. Everything negative in the southern part except for drugs. Oh, that's in the northern part, the eastern part. <laughs> Suicide rate, that's in the eastern part, right? But when it comes to, watch this, social issues, that's in the southern part. Poverty, southern part. I'm not sending my kids to these. This is what they tell. This is what parents will say. Oh, I'm, I'm not sending my kids to, those, to Lindley. I'm not sending my kids because they're always fighting. They have more fights than any other school. And all we know is silent lunch and walk on a straight line. Sound like prison to me. I said, why are we doing this to our kids? This is what they say. We don't have enough men to speak to them. We had enough men to just show up. Watch this. You ain't got to say them. Just show up. Do you know the presence of a male in the school? Watch this. Walk into a school and see some boys acting up and you just walk in there. Watch how fast they stiffen up. I'm, I'm being honest. Boys can be acting up. Oh, man, no, no, no. 
When I walked into that one school, I'll never forget, I walked into school, these boys in the hallway running and laughing, and I just walked in. They're like, oh, sorry, sir. Who daddy is you? I looked, at the young, I looked at the young, that young man, I said, for the next three days, I'm your daddy. <laughs> and your daddy and your daddy. Y'all going to mind me these next three days. Guys, I'm just saying we got to step it up. So anyway, let me transition into something I want to do. Yesterday, God gave me a vision. And the vision was that as we move into this next decade, I saw a wall that was unpenetrable. That was unbreakable. That couldn't be torn down. And so yesterday at the men's breakfast, I had every single man there. We lined up across this altar. We didn't hold hands because hands could be easily broken. You can, with a strong swipe, you can break a hand. But when you got men locking arms, standing there, that's a wall that can't be penetrated. That's a wall that you can't break. Especially with some of the guys in here. Y'all are some, y'all are some strong dudes. I, I just, And so when we formed that wall. That wall is saying... This is not a wall we're putting up just for my family. This wall that we're creating is not a wall we're, we're, we're standing up just for uh, our church. This wall is, is for every young man that looks like me. As I look in this room, I look at young men of different generations right here. It's a beautiful, beautiful sight. I wish y'all can see what I see from the stage. So what I want to do is we close out here, and this is just on my heart. I want, um, and men, I know I had y'all do this yesterday. But I want to do it again for the men who were not here yesterday. I want us to just line up. I want to pray for the men really quick. Then after that, I'm going to do an invitation for people to receive Christ. Then we'll do offering and we're gone. I promise you right there. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others, our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.